0: Hello and welcome to the Future of Tax, the KPMG podcast series for tax leaders. In today's episode, we're joined by Beth Crossen, Director Global Mobility Services KPMG in the UK. And Anne Bergard, Senior Manager Global Mobility Services, KPMG in Germany. In today's podcast with Beth and Anne, we discuss all things ESG and Global Mobility. Beth and Anne, thank you both for joining me on the podcast today. To start, Beth, can you tell us how you define ESG in the context of global mobility?
1: Sure. So ESG stands for environmental, social and governance. And these are pillars that form a framework that we can use to assess our impact on the world around us, our impact on our people and communities, and how the business that we're part of conducts itself. Um, And as a result of demand from investors, governments and, and talent itself, companies are making commitments around their E, S and G impact on the world. And in a mobility context, I think it's fair to say that mobility is impacted by and touches on all three of those pillars. So the way that I see it, mobility is clearly all about travel. It's all about facilitating business needs, but also providing opportunities to employees. And, you know, a fundamental thing to mobility teams is ensuring that all of that's done in a well-governed and risk-averse way. And it's because of those things that mobility can be really important to a company's ESG agenda, and mobility can actually contribute in lots of different ways.
0: Thanks, Beth. So considering the E in ESG, how can the global mobility function contribute to environmental sustainability? Anne, can I come to you first?
2: KPMG's market research has shown that organizations don't necessarily expect less assignments to take place in future. But there may be a reduction in business travel, but we expect the business need for international assignments to prevail and rather mobility teams expect the way employees travel to change. So that changes all around making necessary travel as sustainable as possible. And Beth, would you add anything?
1: Yeah, so some of the actions that we're seeing companies take are firstly ensuring that they build in a healthy challenge to the need to travel. So making sure they have a checkpoint in their pre-assignment planning process to ask really whether that travel's required. We're seeing companies factor in the environmental cost to decision-making and assignment cost projections. Generally that means considering the carbon emissions resulting from the proposed travel. And they look at those when they're signing off monetary costs and all the other factors that go into signing off an assignment. And they also look at whether the outcome of the assignment be that business performance or employee development or a positive local impact is worth that upfront cost. We're seeing a lot around green relocation support as well. So there's, there's no one size fits all model, but some practical examples are companies providing alternatives to shipping for employees going on assignment. We're seeing things like donate and discard initiatives, furniture, rental initiatives, or perhaps reusing furniture for new assignees. Companies are also providing greener transport options to assignees, so things like e-cars, um, and they're also looking at energy efficient accommodation. And what companies are doing is getting their vendors on board with this and making sure that their vendors can provide green offerings to, to assignees in support of that aim. We're also seeing companies think about how they can encourage green behaviour in their employee populations, and that's mainly things like offering uh, their employees information and incentives on recycling and public transport and the like. And really, this is a big area of focus for companies at the minute, because they're really seeing demand from employees for sustainable support and benefits. I'd add a word of caution here though, there are lots of different options available, but it's really important to look beyond the surface and really drill into what truly is sustainable for your assignee population and the footprint. And as well as meeting your environmental aims, You know, whatever you offer needs to give your assignees a good experience and also keep them safe and keep them well in their new location.
2: Let me just add one final example. We're also seeing companies consider whether different types of mobility could work for them and support their ESG goals. So I'm talking about international remote work and virtual assignment. What I would say is virtual assignments could work great for some organizations or certain assignments just as short-term projects but not for all. The environmental saving here has to be balanced with multitude of factors, whether commercial factors, time zones, broader tax risks, as well as the employee's own experience. But where it works, it really works well.
0: Thanks, Anne. And Beth, regarding the S in ESG, what are you seeing with respect to how organisations are approaching the social aspect concerning employee well-being and societal impact?
1: So lots of organisations have diversity and inclusion goals as part of their ESG agenda. And this is an area where we're really seeing mobility teams make moves. Mobility teams are first and foremost changing their strategy to ensure that they have diversity goals for their mobile populations, which are in line with those broader organisational goals. What we tend to see is that challenges for underrepresented groups are often at the start of an assignment process. So it's the recruitment and the assignment planning bits of that process that are the key areas of focus, though I have to say, I do think that the end to end assignment policy and process needs to be considered in order to have a material impact in a social respect. So a few of the things we have seen companies do, are: mobility teams are reviewing mobility policies and employee packages to ensure that they're inclusive. So when I say that, I don't just mean the wording of policies and their terminology and making sure that those are inclusive, though that is important. A big consideration is whether assignment processes and the assignment benefits that are offered really do support diverse groups to travel. So there's lots and lots of different considerations here, but for example, people with caring responsibilities will generally need more lead time before going on assignment to get their house in order. Parents may need to relocate during the school holidays. They can't just pull the kids out of school during term time or that demographic could value support with getting their young children into nursery in their new assignment location.
0: Anne, would you add anything? From a
2: recruitment perspective, we are seeing more mobility teams work closely with their organizations, talents teams to ensure they're providing assignment opportunities to a diverse population. So actions are taken from advertising assignment opportunities to underrepresented groups, for instance, in ethnic minority networks, through large-scale changes to internal processes. I was speaking to a mobility manager earlier who has ensured that there is a candidate shortlist drawn up for all his international assignments, and this shortlist has to have a female talent on it. If it doesn't, there is a broader business conversation on why this is the case.
0: Thanks, Anne. With respect to G in ESG, are there specific governance-related challenges that arise in managing a global workforce? And what approaches are you seeing organisations take?
2: Mobility can play a key role in making sure organisational practices align with ESG strategies and targets. It's important to understand any legal or broader company requirements across locations, for instance, tax transparency or reporting requirements, and ensure they're reflected in the policies and processes. That said, more involved mobility functions already have compliance governance frameworks in place. Often the focus then is identifying and managing your high-risk populations, known hotspots, higher profiles, senior employee compliance, for example. But is there anything you want to add?
1: Yeah, thanks. I just add that keeping up to date is important too. Compliance requirements are constantly changing around the world and as we've seen pretty recently with the increase in international remote work arrangements and hybrid working, your mobile population evolves too. So really important to make sure that your frameworks remain fit for purpose and keep those evergreen.
0: Thanks Beth. What are some of the common challenges you see organisations face when attempting to implement ESG practices in their global mobility initiatives? Are there regulatory, cultural or operational hurdles that organisations face in this regard? Can I come to you first, Beth?
1: So the first challenge we tend to see is that ESG is so broad, it can actually be really overwhelming to know where to start. But your company's ESG agenda should inform your ESG guiding principles and priorities. So understanding your company's ESG agenda and leaning into that is crucial. Also, you can't do everything all at once. So, I'd focus on the strategic and deliverable priorities that will give you the most bang for your buck. To help get there, you can ask yourself the following How is your business model evolving to meet the ESG agenda, and what does that mean for mobility? How does mobility play into your broad talent strategy and your DNI initiatives? And how will you set and measure against those ESG targets? The next challenge we tend to see is data. So companies not having the global data they need on, on travel or on aspect of their assigning population. And having that data is really important as it forms a really good starting point for you. Um, you need to understand your current position before you can understand where you then sit against your ESG objectives and make a plan for how you're gonna meet those objectives. So next step often needs to be assessing what data you already hold, what data you need and how you're going to get it.
0: And Anne, would you add anything?
1: Let me also add something from the
2: cultural perspective. This is a journey. Creating cultural change is a long-term aim and there's no quick fix. There are lots going on in the green mobility benefit space and changing employee benefits can be a motive. So you may find there are different attitudes towards ESG across different parts of your business, but it's important to bring along everyone with you so you get started now. Getting the buy-in and communicating with all the stakeholders is key.
1: All right, I think finally, each pillar of E, S and G shouldn't be considered in isolation. Changes you make to one pillar, so for instance from an environmental perspective, can have an impact on the other pillars. So for instance, on the social side of things. So really important to keep a strategic and balanced view in everything that you're doing.
0: That's great, Beth. Thank you. And on behalf of our listeners, I'd like to thank you and Anne for joining us on the podcast today. That's all we have time for today. Please join us again next time And email us with any questions you have about today's episode to tax at kpmg.com. We'd also love to hear from you with any suggestions you have for future episodes. Thanks for listening.